Blog Talk Radio. Today on Fancast, we'll discuss how Jake Arrieta is bound for a resurgent year after disappointing many last year while playing through a knee injury. We will also discuss the bullpen battles as we will tell you who is in and out. With the addition of Bryce Harper, there suddenly is a clogged outfield. Will Nick Williams or Aaron Altair be shot? All this and more on the newest episode of Fancast. He's a pool hitter um, to the right side, but he's not going to, you know, 
exclusively hit that way like, you know, Ryan Howard did near the end of his career. So I feel like he could – I mean, if you like, if you get one down third baseline, that's a double. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. He actually did that against us last year. Last year he played him a full shift, and he bunted on and got a double out of it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> who were your pitcher and, and uh, hitter of the week? Well, my hitter of the week, I mentioned him earlier, um, pretty um, – Pretty surprising. It's surprising, but I'm going with Phil Goslin. I'm looking at stats here. Uh, this week he is four for seven with two doubles and a home run. Four RBI. I mean, he's batting 391 on the spring. I mean, like I said, four for seven this week. 440 on base percentage this week. Um, and OPS over 1,000. And they obviously only 23 at bats this spring, but, you know, he's my, he's my hitter of the week. What about you? Well, I've been going more to stand out and I, I see things. Things that stand out to me in particular this week, in particular, I think Reese Hoskins stood out to me that he jumped last year. He was he was patient and took many first pitches. It was good to see him jump on a first pitch fastball um, on the outer yeah. part of the plate and still crush it. Obviously, I think that was a big impression. Mean, that, that shows me a lot that Reese has been working on his swing and his mentality in the box. So yeah, he he is my hitter of the week. Uh, Reese Hoskins, if he showed much improvement. My pitcher, my pitcher of the week, it's a tough one. Drew, and- I'm going to go with Drew Anderson um, on my pitcher of the week for this, for this week of spring training. Um, I'm I think his, his last start in, in – look at this. In uh, spring training total, he has an ERA of 1.04 um, over 8.2 innings. I mean, that, that's one – complete game um and his last outing three innings pitched um one hit no runs and four strikeouts so he's got 11 strikeouts over nine innings too i mean he's looked good um i mean that's promising a guy that's probably fighting for a rotation spot um in triple a to be honest with you. i mean maybe not fighting for one he might have one on lock but uh but i mean uh, definitely a, a guy that could be on the phillies radar you know if, if an injury does happen i mean i know De Los Santos and Irvin are probably favored over him, but Anderson keeps pitching like this, and into the Triple A season, he could you know, see another promotion at some point. I agree, uh, Drew Anderson. I mean, he's pitching good, and especially with Vince Velasquez's struggles, you gotta wonder if eventually, sometime this year, they experiment with Drew Anderson, bringing him up and maybe send, sending a reliever down and putting Vince in the bullpen for a little bit at least. I mean. Drew Anderson has looked good. He's had cut on his fastball, his sinker, I believe, he added. Um, so, I mean, we're still looking for that fifth starter, I believe. Right now, four starters that are a lock, I think, are F1, Pavetta, Arietta, and Ace Nola. Um, Velasquez looks shaky, as he has last, for quite a while now. So, Yeah, I agree. I think um... – I mean, if I call healthy, he he didn't look the best in his debut. But like I said, it's his debut. Um, I mean, I call I mean, the fifth starter could be Eichoff, could be Anderson, could be uh, Anderson's a stretch. But you know, looking like it's gonna be Velasquez regardless. But yeah, Velasquez has looked shaky, and they could, like you said, experiment with Anderson late in the season if you know if they're in need of a starter. I agree, and with it's pretty odd how Eichoff is still out there. 
the Phillies really wanted to, they could jump into that. They're feeling really nervous about their starting rotation. They could definitely jump into that. So, I mean, yeah. Yep. Um, so, I agree with you. Yep. My, my pitcher of the week is Drew Anderson. And some other things I noticed this week in spring training were that Scott Kingry has been getting some center field reps. How do you feel about that? You think he has a legitimate shot to start the year in center field? I uh, I think he's got a shot to, to get some center field. I mean, a little bit of center field uh, this year. I saw that his um, uh, Joe Giglio of WIP uh, tweet this week that he started in center field his sophomore year of college at, at Arizona. Um, so that's something to keep in mind that he does have experience there if, if it's needed. So um, I think Herrera is – and, and Quinn are the, you know, obvious center fielders. Uh, Quinn could start the year on the, on the IL, though. But it, Kingery is, is there for possible, you know, center field if needed. He can play all over the diamond, pretty much anywhere besides catcher and, and first base. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kingery, I believe, adds that element of speed that Quinn has. Sadly, he is in, he's been injury prone. So, like you said, with Oduble still recovering with the, from the flu and the hamstring in- injury, Kingery might might be in center field opening day, which is something I didn't think I would say. Yeah, I think Quinn uh, making the opening day roster might might not be a um, might not happen, especially with Aaron Altair being out of options. I think that even if Quinn is ready to go, they could start him on the IL just to buy more time to make a decision. Um, with Altair, you know, if he doesn't make the opening day roster, he doesn't have to be traded or DFA'd. Uh, which we'll get into, you know, Altair and William Strade possibilities later. But <clears throat> Yep, so, well, like I said, Reese Hoskins bashing up all over the peaking bar. Um, Andrew McCutcheon and Gene Seguera showing some power the other day. Yeah, they did, and they were both dead center, too, which was nice. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, if he returns, maybe not to that MVP form, but even close to that, which he he's shown some some improvement over last year in that terrible hitters park of Oracle now. Yeah. So, I mean, I would, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely expect Andrew McCutcheon to be improved over how he was um, last yeah. year with the, he actually, he was pretty solid last year with the Yankees once he was traded, even though his beard yeah. wasn't, didn't look too good. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the OPS, or, or excuse me, the um, on base percentage when he was with the Yankees was off the charts. I'm trying to find it here. Um, I think it was in the 360s. Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, yeah, um, Andrew, Mc, Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, he, and um, Aaron Boone praised him. He said he he, seemed, he didn't see him swing at one bad pitch all, all the tenure with the Yankees. He said he works counts. Um, he gives you a professional bat, which Phillies really needed last year. Scott Kingray. Scott Kingry, Jorge Alfaro, um, even Reese Hoskins, Michael Franco at times, all seem to just be out of whack and shouldn't really give you a great at bat. Whereas, yeah, it's, it's crazy that uh, we have we transformed our teams so much this off season. Yeah, and I, I was wrong about the 360. It was insanely better than that. 421 in 114 plate appearances, um, which is a small sample size. It's 25 games. On the year total, 378 on base percentage. If he can get a 378 on base percentage again, um, that would that would be stellar. That would help the Phillies out a lot. Who? 
Uh, McCutcheon. 421 will be that's exchanged that, when he was that, at the that is, that is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, as we talk about spring training, obviously we shouldn't get too concerned with the performances of certain players. But, I mean, it it does show the general, the, the pitcher's stuff, how, how they're, like Jake Garrietta, as we'll talk about, uh, his stuff, you can see a change in. Uh, Aaron Nola still looks great. Um, and even going back on Nola, even when he gave up those two runs against uh, against Baltimore, stuff was good, and he you know, struck out seven batters. Oh, yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, but Nick Pavetta improved his um, velocity, it looked like, even yeah, though the – Yep. So yeah, I, uh, you go ahead. There, there were some cuts made. Uh, sent the players back to sent the players back to uh, minor league camp. Notables are Thomas Medina, catcher Davey Gruyon, uh, relief pitcher Austin Davis. Thank God, I'm not a fan of him. Um, so those are those are some of the notables. Uh, Jojo Romero as well. So, uh, I mean, Daniel De Los Santos is one right as well, right? Go ahead. Daniel De Los Santos, I'm pretty sure, was, was options as well. Yes. So, um, we're going to head to our commercial br- We're going to head to our commercial break. Make sure to call the FanCast, and our stub yard code is, is EPN10. We'll head to a commercial Tune in to Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5. We go over everything going on in the land of the New York Yankees. We'll be discussing Masahiro Tanaka and the announcement that he is the opening day starter for the Yankees. We'll also be talking about the back end of the rotation with injuries to Sabathia and Severino. Who's going to fill into those, those last two spots to start the year? And we're also going to be discussing Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Who has more power? Who's hitting more home runs? And which home run king will run New York? All this and more on this episode of Pinstripe Talk, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Do not miss it, Yankee fans. All right. So we're back here on FanCast. And Samuel, let's talk about why I'm excited you should be excited, and all Phillies fans should be excited about Jake Arrieta this year. So, former 2015 Cy Young Award winner has changed his arm motion back to the three-quarter slot that he used in that 2015 Cy Young year. His velocity is up two to three miles per hour. The cut on his fastball seems to even be more than it was last year. Um, he's fresh off of his successful knee surgery. What else excites you about Jake Arrieta this year? Um, his, his first start in spring training, like you said, is tough. If you can, I mean, you can see the movement. I mean, on the TV screen, I mean, if, if you're if you're watching on TV, the, the movement's insane in both games. Even even the second start, way about the two runs, um, the the movement's insane. I mean, that's going to keep hitters uh, guessing all season long. Like you said, going back to the three quarters release, where I mean, in an interview, I believe he said that he didn't even noticed that he had he had you know changed his release. It just kind of happened. So he's excited to get to get his release back to where it was back when he was finishing 
first, second, third for Cy Young. Um, and, you know, where he had the sub-2 ERA that, that 2015 year. Um, but, yeah, I, I think um, I, I'm very excited for Jake Arrieta. I mean, we saw before um, before the knee. He said he hurt his knee around May, June. I mean, around that time, his ERA was was, was sub-2.6. So, um, I'm excited to see where he is. I mean, I don't think he's going to sit there all year, but I think he has a chance to get, you know, sub-3, you know, 3.10, somewhere around there. I, if he could be a a good one-two punch with Nova. I agree. And like I said earlier, the velocity is back. And he seems like he is extremely motivated. Yes, he's had a huge payday with the Phillies. He got a three-year, $75 million deal. And I know some fans weren't happy with performance of Arietta last year. Obviously, in the second half, he made it hard. Um, but now we know he can do a place on his four meniscus which is quite significant. So whenever you take that into consideration, he had under a four ERA. That's not terrible. Um, obviously, we, we expected more from him. We didn't know Aaron Dole would be the ace, so, quite the level that he was this year, um, which was quite impressive. So that relieves some of the pressure from Jake Arrieta, although he's still underperformed. This year, I'm expecting Jake Arrieta to bounce back for sure. Um, certainly live up to his contract. And even though he said he hopes for Dallas Keuchel to be signed, as he said that would better our ball club, um, I still think that him and Nola can carry the top of the rotation. I agree, and I think, you know, that's going to be a good one-two punch, and that's, you know, going to help the, the rotation. And if Pavetta can, I mean, I don't know if you're a sabermetrics guy, um, but his sabermetrics are pretty insane. I mean, they showed how unlucky he was, and um, the defense didn't help him either. I mean, I mean the the the, the Phillies had um, you know one of the worst defensive runs saved um, of all time. Negative 152 was what it was um, last year, and that that's talented too. Um, so I mean, getting guys like Andrew McCutcheon and, and getting guys like Gene Segura, moving Hoskins back to first. It's only going to help out the pitchers. I mean, especially I mean, when it comes to mind, the, the first one that comes to mind is Jake Arrieta. He, you know, led the league in um, um, unearned runs, so that that'll definitely help him out um, a bit. Same with same with uh, Pavetta. I totally um, psyched for this season with everyone looking up, everything seeming optimistic right now. Um, uh, I'm. With Jake Arrieta looking for a bounce-back season, uh, adding JT Realmuto will upgrade the catcher position, upgrade the shortstop position, upgrade in right field, um, pass on upgrading the bullpen. Things are certainly looking up, and if Jake Arrieta can fill that more-than-quality second starting spot, our team could be something truly dangerous, especially if we make a move for a third starting pitcher, such as if it's Dallas Keuchel or if we make a trade for someone in-season um, our rotation could be lethal, and paired with our potentially threatening off, uh, super threatening offense, um, this team can be special. Jake Arrieta does step up. Yeah, yeah, I agree uh, with you there, and I think you know, even you know, getting getting Pavetta to step up a little bit to the back of the pen. But like we're talking about Arrieta here. Um, 
if if Arietta gets I'm not saying he has to be back to an all star form, but getting you know, pitching twenty five million dollars worth, you know, or even twenty million dollars worth is uh is what we're probably looking for here. And and you know, someone to to be Nola's number two guy so so we can feel confident if we're if we're pitching you know, if we have a three game series and, and Nola and Arietta are on the hill for two of them, we can feel confident that we're gonna win that series. I agree for sure. Um if you look back to two thousand eight Phillies had Cole Hamels, who was an ace, and no one behind, they had Joe Blanton and Jamie Moyer behind him, just to give you an example. I'm not saying that this Phillies offense, I mean, obviously they're going to be compared to 2008 since That was the last time we won a championship. But obviously they're not proven to be as lethal as the 2008-2009 Phillies offenses. But if they can be as potentially dangerous as they're projected to be with McCutcheon and Fernandez's high on base percentage. Harper, obviously. Hoskins have stepping it up a notch further. Uh, best catcher in the league. I mean, we're talking about a team that could be one of the best in, at all levels. Bullpen, starting pitching, and line. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I mean, if, if Arita has that bounce back here, I think it'll be huge. Um for the team, I think that instills confidence in the rest of the rotation as well. To see two guys doing so much better, especially Arietta being 33 years old, he's a mentor to the young guys, and I'm I'm a firm believer that although Arietta didn't didn't pitch the you know the best last year, um, he has a lot to do with Noah's success. I think him just being there and you know giving him tips, giving him info, and giving him you know inside you know information on, on pitching, I think definitely. I mean, Noah benefited from that. I'd say you know for sure. Um, I, I I agree with you there. And like you said, with the favorite metrics with Nick Pavetta, I mean, a lot of Phillies fans are a little too high, in my opinion, on Nick Pavetta. But he could be solid, in my opinion. He can be more than solid. He can probably pitch to a 3-5 ERA or less, um, have a high FIP. Um, so uh, I totally am optimistic for the Phillies starting rotation. I personally am not a fan of. I pers- I'm personally not a fan of signing Dallas Keuchel. I'd rather go after Craig Kimbrell to make our bullpen truly elite. Um, we'll get to the, maybe we'll with that a little bit. Um, with our bullpen happening, uh, bullpen battles. Who do you see making it? Who do you see not? Well, um, let me break this down a bit. I. I um first off I think there's we have a few locks in, in the bullpen. Obviously, you know, a few of them being um Sir Anthony Dominguez, Pat Nishak, um, David Robertson obviously. I would view Tommy Hunter as a lock if he's healthy. Hector Neris probably a lock and then Jose Alvarez being a lock because he because he's left handed and he's out of options. Um that, that leaves two spots up for grabs between guys like Adam Morgan or, or James Pezos, Juan Nicasio, Victor Rano, you know, Duba Ramos, Dax Rios, guys like that. Um, last year, uh, the Phillies went with two lefties on the opening day roster, Morgan and, and Milner. And Milner, you know, that didn't go according, or, you know, as the Phillies thought it would. Uh, he was DFA'd and, you know, shipped to uh, Tampa Bay. Um, and they rolled with one for most of the year. For pretty much all summer, Adam Morgan was the only lefty on the team. And Austin Davis eventually did come up. But I, I don't I don't think that the Phillies want to go one lefty again. You know, Morgan was 
a lot of pressure from Morgan, and I think that's the reason he struggled last year was because he was the only lefty. Um, I think, you know, I, I don't think they want to go one lefty. I mean, Alvarez is going to need another lefty in the pen with him, and I think it'll be Adam Morgan, especially since Austin Davis got optioned. It's really down to uh, Pezos and, and Morgan for, I think, that's one of the bigger position battles, the second lefty. Um, I think I think Morgan will win it, um, personally. Morgan's looked good this spring. Pezos hasn't looked terrible, but um, really small sample size for Pezos. Morgan's got a, a good amount of work in, six innings out of, out of the pen so far. Um, Jose Alvarez and, Go ahead. Two-thirds, uh, he had both strikes. Yeah, Jose Alvarez did look good the other day. Pat Nishak shook out the side the other day, too. He did. That Pat Nishak had strikeouts. Wow. Yeah. I'm not yeah, and then of Pat Nishak. I think he could be used in cameo appearances on um, certain situations. Um, I think there are very few times where Pat Nishak be inserted into the game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Nishak is is a, a really good guy to have in your bullpen. He's not going to be that go-to guy anymore, but I think he's a you know a, that type of guy where he can eat like he like you said he's a you know Swiss Army knife. He can go in the sixth, seventh, eighth. I mean ninth if you need him to, and that's not ideal. Um, but he has experience in the ninth inning, so he's a really good guy to have. He's not going to get as many innings pitches as Dominguez and Robertson. And and Neris, but he's going to get his his work, you know, 25, 30, 35 innings. Um, he's probably looking out for Nishak, especially since he's getting older. But I think Nishak is a great guy to have. He can work, you know, less than anything he even needed, and he can be a one-two batter guy. Um, he's like you said, like I said, he's a Swiss Army knife. I I agree with you there. Uh, I think a lot of Phillies fans one pivotal moment of the season was whenever Pat Nishek gave up that killer home run in the top of the ninth inning to Anthony Rendon. Um, it kind of seemed like it was a hanger. I think that moment kind of showed that Pat Nishek can't be the guy you rely on every night. He needs maybe a night off every once in a while, which is why we added David Robertson, which is why we're going to have to rely on certain Dominguez. And that's why I believe we should add Craig Kimbrell. Uh, I believe Craig Kimbrell could be Lockdown closer every night if you need him to be. Um, that leaves more flexibility for David Robertson, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Dominguez didn't do so well in the closer position whenever he had a lot of pressure on him last year, if you remember. So, like you said, I think there will be two lefties in our bullpen. Dubrai Ramos is one of my favorites, one of my favorite relievers. Um, he's not having an outstanding spring. Victor Arano is having a not 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 so great spring giving up a few long bombs. So we'll see who makes the bullpen. It'll be kind of interesting in my opinion. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I think they will go to lefties as well. Like I said, Robertson, Dominguez, Nishak, Maris, Hunter, um, Alvarez being locks. That, you know, that puts two spots up for grabs. Like I said, I think Morgan will get, get one. And for the last spot, it's really going to be a fight, uh, I think, between Nicasio and Adubre Ramos. And I, I'm a big fan of Adubre as well, or Adubre, whatever it's pronounced. But um, I'm a fan of Ramos as well, with him having options left and him being, you know, 24, 25, I'm not, not exactly sure. And, you know, Nicasio being a vet and with no options left, I think Nicasio will get the open gear roster. But I think we're going to see a lot of relievers being caught up and down this year, like Victor Arano, Adubre Ramos. Um, you know, Drew Anderson could even see some time out the pen this season. Um, James Pezos, 
Yaxel Rios, Austin Davis probably will see a few uh, you know, a few times this season as well. But like I said, I think Nicasio will get an opening day roster spot as well. Um, yeah, Nicasio obviously can't be sent down to the minor league. Um, and he's and another thing on Nicasio is he's making nine million dollars a year. That's too much money to not be on the team. If you're making nine million, I want you in twenty five man contributing some way. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, we got, that was part of the South. We kind of dumped Carlos Santana to the Seattle Mariners, and in return, they dumped Juan Nicasio to us. So, yeah. as we, we're going to head to a commercial break, make sure to call in if you're listening. Um, the stubby yard code is BPN10, and we'll head to our commercial break. Hello there, everyone. It's Tim from the Amazing Mets podcast, where we cover everything you need to know about the New York Mets. On this week's episode, that will air at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday night, we will be covering the releasing of infielder T.J. Rivera and how it will affect the Mets in the future. We'll also be giving a rundown of our spring training weekly awards. And finally, we will be talking about who will win the Mets' third baseman spot for opening day. Will it be Jeff McNeil, who came off a great season last year? Will it be J.D. Davis, the newly acquired from the Astros trade? Or will it be Jed Lowry, who we acquired early this offseason, who is also a 2018 All-Star? I guess you guys have to find out on the Amazing Mets podcast at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday night. Hope to see you guys there. All right, as we get back, we're going to talk about the addition of Bryce Harper, Samuel, that leads a clogged outfield for the Phillies, in a sense. Um, and when you talk about the backups, we have Roman Quinn, Nick Williams, and Aaron Altair. We're keeping Roman Quinn. So, do you think there's a chance that Nick Williams and Aaron Altair gets traded? I thought there was, um, but not anymore. I think we're too late in, in the offseason for that to happen. I think it would have happened already. Um, I'm not shutting the door on it. But I think we're too late in the offseason for for a trade like that. Um, I think the Phillies like what Nick Williams brings off the bench. I like what Nick Williams brings off the bench. Um, um, and Altair's are options, so Altair's gonna have to make the team. I think I think I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, maybe I didn't, but I mentioned it to someone today um, that I think Roman Quinn will start the year on the IL, even if he's injured or not injured. Um, I think he'll be placed there that buys the Phillies more time. Um, to, to make a decision with Aaron Altair, he could be DFA'd, he could be traded. Like you said, I just don't see a trade happening this late in the offseason. We're 16 days, well, less than that, 15, about to be 15 days until opening day. You don't usually see trades that late in the offseason. Um, maybe at the deadline when he gets traded. Um, like I said, Altair, if he's if he's struggling um, the first few weeks, he could be DFA'd. He hasn't had much, much trade value at this point. But I don't want to give up on a guy who's just one year removed from a 277 batting average with, you know, 19 home runs quite yet. Um, I agree. I I think Nick Williams, especially with his clutch hitting, I mean, people forget that he had that game, he had a couple game-winning home runs earlier in the year against the Blue Jays and another team I forget right now, but he had some big, he had some big hits. Um, And off the bench with uh, Bryce Harper coming, um, it's going to be big. 
Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I um, it's it's going to be a tough decision, um, um, for for the front office to make. But like I said, I think that the you know the most uh, logical route here is to start Quinn on the on the IL. That gives you time to evaluate Altair, and that gives you time to evaluate Quinn evaluate Quinn on his rehab assessment through the minors. Um, because he's had options as well, so you can't send Quinn down. Um, so the only way you're going to see him in the minors is on a rehab assessment. Uh, yeah, I agree. He, like you said, he has no he has no options left. So if if that happens, uh, if that does if the trade does happen, I would I wouldn't be totally surprised. Phillies Phillies shouldn't be very high on him. He's regressed year after year. Great. Uh, showing his first year in the league, but since then he hasn't given us much. Yeah, I agree. So, as we get into more about the outfield, um, our our outfield defense is going to be a lot better than it was last year. I think Odubo Herrera, obviously, I I hope, had an off year in the outfield as he didn't do much. Um, Reese Hoskins was pitiful in left field. He's back to his natural position. And now with Bryce Harper in right field, he is above average, I believe. Uh, obviously not outstanding in right field. Um, but, um, but, yeah, our defense is getting much much more improved than it was last year. Is Yeah, and and Harper's defensive numbers were pretty bad last year, mainly because the Nationals put him in center for like 45 games last year, which was, you know, only going to hurt his defensive numbers. Um, And that won't be happening with the Phillies. He's he's the right fielder, and he knows that that's where he belongs. And McCutcheon's obviously an astronomically huge upgrade over Reese Hoskins in left. Hoskins isn't a left fielder. Um, And, and, you know, that, that problem's been addressed. And I think, you know, Herrera's a serviceable fielder. I mean, he's not anything special. He makes big plays, um, but he also makes stupid ones as well. So it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, we, we will see how, uh, how the outfield adjusts. Like you said, I think Davey Martinez kind of drove Harper out of Washington a bit in a sense of a change of scenery. They really didn't use him right in many ways. I mean, center field, they caught, that, that's a – place where you lay your, put your body on the line in a contract year. They shouldn't have been expecting Bryce Harper to do that. I mean, don't you agree there? I kind of think David Martinez made a mistake. Yeah, I agree. The center field, Bryce Harper, is, is not it's not the right move. And um, if the Padres had signed Harper, they had, had talks about putting Harper in center, which would not have been good either. I think that kind of scared Harper away from San Diego a bit. And like I said, the rest was history. For sure, for sure. And just reflecting on Harper a bit, um, uh, as much as he causes a clogged outfield, he makes he elongates the, the lineup. Um, he makes Reese Hoskins and JT Real Muto almost hidden in our lineup now. Last year, Reese Hoskins um, was the only big threat in our lineup that people saw. Now it's Harper and. The, they're going to give good pitches to hit to Real Muto and Hoskins now. I agree. I think, you know, arguably the guy who's going to benefit this, I mean, out of this the most is Hoskins Segura. Segura hitting right in front of 
in front of um, Harper too. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna get Segura. I mean, pitch, they're gonna he's gonna see things to hit, pitches to hit, and um, assuming it's on the two hole, which is you know probably what's gonna happen, and Hoskins on the four hole, um, which is probably what's gonna happen. I think you know two R one through five will be will be screwed. R one through six will be really good, and um, you know if if Mike Hell can you know we don't need Mike Hell to be anything you know amazing anymore. He's got a lot of pressure off him. But if he can if Mike Hell can repeat what he did last year, if he can about two seventy with twenty four home runs, if Herrera can you know be a little less streaky, then this lineup is going to be really dangerous. Yeah, good good luck to opposing pitchers having to pitch to all these batters in a row. I mean, even the best pitchers eventually are going to need a guy like Scott Kingry or Jorge Alfaro to bat to. But whenever Michael Franco and Adubo Herrera, two guys who over the past few years have been asked to carry the Phillies lineup, are suddenly the seven and eight hitters in the lineup, man, good luck. Good luck because they're going to be getting some pitches to hit, and they won't miss. They're the kind of hitters who, while can be streaky, um, they know how to hit. They're professional hitters, and they aren't. No offense to Scott Kingery, but Scott Kingery's swing isn't as pure as Franco or O'Double's. So, I mean, we'll see, but I feel like this lineup could be truly dangerous. And now we'll uh, go to Benson for our um, mailbag questions. Our first question is from Andy. Who was your guy's favorite 2008 Philly? Well, um, I can go first on this. Um, this guy's also my favorite player of all time, which might be surprising to people, um, but it's Cole Hamels. And, you know, I I pitched and I mirrored myself off Cole Hamels. I wanted to be like Cole Hamels, so Cole Hamels was mine. And, you know, the run he had in 08 was pretty special. Oh, wow, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Um, my favorite player from 08 is Chase Utley. Um, Chase is the man. He's beloved by many Philly fans, including myself. Um the play he made in the World Series, you know, deking out the throw at first base, then throwing it to home and nails the runner. I mean, that just totally personified who he was as a player. Um, made all the right plays, didn't see it coming, but it, he was certainly clutch. I mean, even in 09 World Series, he had an insane, he had an insane World Series. So, uh, Benson, next question. Our next question is from Thomas. Who would you rather have on the Phillies in 2019, Craig Kimbrell or Dallas Keuchel? Um, I think I speak for both of us when I say this one. Uh, it, it's Craig Kimbrell. I mean, my reasoning is that Dallas Keuchel is declining, and he allowed the most you know base hits in the majors last year for any starting pitcher <clears throat> with over 150 innings of work. And um, <clears throat> Keuchel would eat up innings, but um, I think Kimbrell is, is – will be the smarter move, and that, that really puts our bullpen over the top. I, I trust, you know, the guys at the bottom of rotation to step up more than I do um, some of the back members of our bullpen. I totally agree with you there. I feel like Kimball will put our bullpen over the top. Um, he, he make everything just picture perfect. Uh, didn't – really didn't uh, – really wouldn't allow Gabe Kapler too much to mess things up. So, uh, next question, Benson. What will Bryce Harper's 2019 stat line be? Um, for me, I think all these 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 Nats fans that are um, you know upset about him going to Phillies, um, you know messing with Phillies fans, saying you know 249 something like that. 
I think that, you know, it goes to rest. You see the year before he batted 313. Um, you know, he batted 330 three years ago. Um, I think I think he's going to bat somewhere in the 280s, um, 38, 39 home runs, and, you know, 110, 100, 112 RBIs is, would be my prediction. <clears throat> um, the Phillies ballpark, the kind of mindset he has, I see him batting somewhere in the 270s, but for a hitter like him, uh, batting average near, isn't nearly as important. He'll, again, have a amazing on-base percentage of around 400. Uh, my prediction is um, 42 home runs for Bryce Harper this year and a shorter ballpark. Um, more than 100 RBIs with guys that have elite on-base percentage skill, elite on-base percentages in front of him. Um, he'll be outstanding. He'll be worth signing with these uh, crazy numbers. Uh, he'll be worth the signing. Next question, Benson. All right, this question is from Jake. Who's the best out of Pavetta, Eflin, and Velasquez? Um, well, I think it's Pavetta. Um, actually, if the question is who's better right, is who's the best right now, I would say Zach Eflin. If it's who's who's going to have the best season, I would say Nick Pavetta. Um, like I said, Nick Pavetta's favorite metrics point to a breakout year it shows how he was a little unlucky. Um. But as of right now, F1, um, who's going to be better? Pavetta. I uh, I agree with you in that sense that F1 right now is probably the best pitcher. But like you said, Nick Pavetta was kind of unlucky with defense and things like that. So I believe he will have the best season out of those three. Next question, Benson. Uh, this question is from Nathan. What's the biggest question mark on the team right now? Um, I would say who's starting center field on opening day. If 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 Quinn is going to be ready, if Herrera is going to get the start, or or if Kingry is going to go out there, if neither of them are ready. So I would say who's the starting center, who's starting center field on opening day would be the biggest question mark on the field as of now. I totally agree with you. Once again. Uh... I just before the biggest question mark, will there be uh, who will be starting in center field? So, uh, next question, Benson. All right, this is going to be our last question. It's from Jonathan. What position is currently the weakest for the Phillies? <clears throat> a tough one. I say it's a tie between third and and, and center. Um, I think center has more depth um, than other positions. We have two guys that could go if they're healthy. Um, three if you count Kingery. Um and you know I'm not saying that either guy is is bad, but um they're probably the weakest because our lineup is pretty good. They're not, you know, terrible by any means, but they're probably the weakest. Third and center. I agree with you there. Um I think third base is probably the biggest question mark. And as we wrap up this episode of Fancast we want to thank you, Samuel, for coming on today, Phil and for Coy, and go Phils. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought that ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning. Jackson on him. I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my team. Rose is catching on Lieutenant. I'm the type of man casting. Fancast is produced by Benson Fetcher. Fancast is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Follow FanCast on Instagram at FanCastBPN. And be sure to follow our host on Instagram as well. 
Isaac at phillies.focus with a PH and Samuel at Phillies Universe. For more fancast content, be sure to head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com. Follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all those social media platforms. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to FanCast. We'll see you next time.